It's the same old tune, fiddle and guitar. Where do we take it from here? Rhinestone suits and new shiny cars. It's been the same way for years. We need to change. Hello, welcome to the Moving Iron Podcast. Today's a special edition, and my guest is Brian Cool of the Progressive Agriculture Foundation. And this week is National Farm Safety Week, and Brian is the CEO of the Progressive Agriculture Foundation. So uh, his organization reached out to me, and, and we talked a little bit, and I thought it would be a great idea to bring him on, especially this time of year when we're getting ready to go into harvest, when there's plenty of uh, things to worry about when it comes to safety. So, Brian, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Casey. All right, man. So, Brian, let's go ahead and kick it off here a little bit. Tell me a little bit about your foundation and uh, what you guys do. Sure. So, as you mentioned, uh, Progressive Agriculture Foundation, we're a nonprofit, 501c3. Uh, we've been in existence for 24 years and uh, ultimately started by the Progressive Farmer Magazine. Um, 24 years ago, there was a set of articles that came out in Progressive Farmer Magazine that talked about um, kind of an epidemic of of kids being injured and killed in farm incidents um, all over uh, North America. And uh, the magazine kind of took it upon themselves to say, we need to do something about this. And so they started um, and got a group together and put on the first, um, which would become later the Progressive Agriculture Safety Days, which uh, started as a day-long community-based event where kids and families came in and were taught all about farm safety and how to uh, hopefully reduce risk on their farm, but also for the kids to identify where risk does evolve and, and where it exists on farms so that they can keep themselves safe. Um, as I said, that started 24 years ago uh, with just a handful of events. And uh, this year in, in 2018, uh, the Progressive Agriculture Foundation will support uh, local community volunteers in hosting events in 400 different communities. And uh, we'll reach... Uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 80,000 kids uh, through the use of 20,000 volunteers. Okay. So that's a pretty big swath. So do you have do you have classes that you teach all through all 50 states? Or, I mean, where, where's, your, where's your fundamental focus at? Yeah, so, again, you know, when this started 24 years ago, it started where Progressive Farmer Magazine was, and they're host, they uh, are located in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, today, we reach 400 communities throughout North America, both in the United States and in Canada. So uh, we reach uh, nearly every state, not quite every state uh, in the United States, but nearly every state. And uh, we've also, through some uh, licensing agreements with um, some of our partners, we've actually reached uh, some communities in uh, South America, in Argentina and Brazil. So, um, you know, Wherever there's farming, wherever there's rural communities, we know that there's there's safety risk, and those are some areas that we go out and you know we want to educate kids. And the way we do that through our Progressive Agriculture Safety Days is through hands-on activities. So the the event is is set up like this. There might be six or eight different stations, for example, uh, with different safety topics that are pertinent to that community or that area. So. In areas where, where grain is a, is a big thing, um, you know, they're going to teach grain safety. But in areas where you know, it's not a big grain-heavy state, they may teach something that's completely different. So water safety and water-heavy areas, not so much in other areas. The community and the volunteers get to pick what safety topics they want to teach. From 
our organization standpoint, we provide the curriculum and the activities for them to utilize during that event. So we have a curriculum that has 20 to 30 different big safety topic areas with hundreds of activities. So we want to get the kids involved. We want to get them engaged, get some hands on. So that will help in the, in the learning process and that they will retain uh, ultimately that safety message uh, for that safety topic. So let's say, for example, I'm a uh, I'm a, a high school teacher, and I want to and I'm going to live in a smaller ag-based community, and I wanted to have a uh, one of your programs come out, and we wanted to do something on um, PTO safety, for example, on sure. on what that looks like. Walk me through what that would look like, and, and what you guys would do to to support that. Yeah, sure. So um, the starting point is is having that interest in the community, and someone championing that that idea to bring a progressive agriculture safety day into the community. Um, so that process actually starts uh, almost in a sense a year in advance of when that safety day will probably be held. Again, it's champion, getting that champion in the community to step forward, contacting us. From there, we provide that uh, coordinator uh, training on how to utilize our resources, our curriculum, how to help build props that they can use for that safety. Again, how they can do those hands-on activities, but how they build the props to actually be able to perform those, those hands-on activities with the kids. Um, and then how we can support them in gathering their volunteers, making sure that their, their day is planned so that they can have the most successful safety day, as well as the safest safety day possible when that event finally comes around. Um, the majority of the folks that, that we uh, utilize as volunteers and coordinators in these communities that really champion it come from, um, you know, the ag education teachers, FFA advisors, 4-H extension. Um, those are kind of the biggies, but we also have a lot of public health folks that step forward, uh, folks that are working in hospitals in rural areas, as well as the emergency services group. So, you know, it, it really kind of varies by community of who wants to champion that. But in the end, it does really become a community event where they draw in a number of different uh, different facets, you know, whether it's the emergency services, the local hospital, um, the equipment dealers. Uh, you know, everybody that kind of touches agriculture comes together to help teach those safety topics to that elementary school-aged kid group that, uh, that our, ultimately our curriculum is focused on. Um, the other interesting uh, thing that we've seen evolve with our program is that now 80% of the 400 events that we help support are actually held as part of a school day. So the schools have built it into their curriculum. And for example, I was at a safety day um, within the last couple of weeks where uh, two districts came together and every year they send all their third graders through a progressive agriculture safety day. Again, all the, all the teaching, all the presenters are all volunteers that come from the community, but the school brings the kids there for one day. It's focused on health and safety, but it also kind of starts to work into some of the STEM uh, curriculum, science, uh, technology, um, engineering, and math, as well as agriculture literacy. So you can see a number of these different pieces uh, that kind of work together to not only teach safety, but other, teach the other aspects of agriculture as well. Because, again, when you bring a whole school together, a lot of those kids don't grow up on farms, but there's a good chance that they are going to visit a farm or an orchard or a pumpkin patch or something over the course of the year. And we want to make sure that they understand, you know, that there are risks involved uh, when you visit those locations and it's not a playground. Right. Yeah. Now, I think that's, that's awesome that there's that many, that, that many children go through that, that uh, 
kind of training every year, and then, you know, like, I, I have kids that are that same age, and we go to pumpkin patches and stuff like that, and they're doing some knucklehead things someplace, and I have to call them out on it, but it's, it's a, uh, that's a pretty, pretty good idea. So let's talk about, okay, so you do the, we do the safety part of it, so I'm assuming that there's probably some level of uh, first aid that goes along with that. Yeah, there can be. That first aid is often taught as part of uh, one of the safety topics um, within the safety day event. And uh, again, you know, it's, it's based on what the, uh, the community and the volunteers want to do around that and also what age of kids. So depending on, you know, the location, the community, like I said, I was at one where it was all the third graders. In some cases, it's, it's older kids. We might get, you know, 11, 12, 13 year olds. So it's a whole different focus and level of um, of safety topics and hands-on activities than you might do for five and six-year-olds. So, um, you know, the same, uh, I'll take an example of, um, of fire safety. So five and six-year-olds, we'll teach fire safety, but we teach about, um, about uh, smoke detectors and stop, drop, and roll, and that you should have a family plan on how to get out of your house and where your family will meet in the case that there is a fire. For 11 and 12 and 13 year olds, we might talk about fire extinguishers and the hands-on activity may be that they use a fire extinguisher to put out a small fire. Um, and it's even fun in those cases, and we actually did this at a safety day where we had all the adult volunteers go through that station as well. And it's amazing how many adults have never really handled a fire extinguisher other than to maybe hang it on the wall or take it off the wall, but have never pulled the pin and actually squeezed the handle and see how that actually will put the fire out. So, again, we hope that, you know, we do want to reach kids, but hopefully this will also teach them those safety lessons to the adults that are participating as volunteers as well. Yeah. What are are some of the biggest mistakes you see um, that during these training classes, what are some of the the biggest mistakes you see volunteers um, make during those that would be, Maybe, maybe when it comes to planning the event, like what are some of the big things they need to look out for and some of the things they need to be have in mind when they're planning their event? Well, one of the biggest things that we try to focus on is safety. Um, you know, making sure that the event is safe, making sure that's a safe environment. Um, so, you know, depending on where the event is held, we, we have a lot of events that are held at county fairgrounds. And again, it's not during county fair time, so there could be traffic moving around. So we try to make sure that everything is contained. Um, the other big piece that we try to focus on is make sure that the material is relevant for the kids that are attending and that age group that's attending. So, you know, if I think back to when, and I grew up on a farm in, in Northwest Wisconsin. So when I think back to growing up on the farm as a 10 and 12 year old, you know, that was the time to, you know, start operating equipment. Well, that's not quite the same as it is now. Equipment's bigger. It's more sophisticated. It's harder for a younger kid to actually operate that, that equipment in a safe manner. So, you know, where 20, 30 years ago, we may have been focused with 12-year-olds about talking about how to drive a tractor, how to operate a tractor. Now we're really talking with those same folks about, you know, uh, blind spots of the operator, how they are not big enough, uh, in most cases, to operate that equipment safely. Uh, And it's a mindset. You know, we have a lot of older volunteers that come and help that have been in farming, have been in agriculture, have been in their rural communities for a very long time. And it's that mindset of starting to think about safety as it exists in 2018 versus, you know, maybe when they raise kids or when they were a kid. Yeah. Uh, because it, times have changed what we believe in, in safety focus and, and that whole safety culture has evolved. Um, and I think that's, it's, it's really getting everybody in that, 
in that safety day, all those volunteers to, to really have a, a general consistent understanding uh, and agreement of what the safety culture is that they're, they're attempting to teach those, those students uh, at their event. How many times when you walk away from those events do you hear maybe the, the, the older generation that might be there uh, walk away with some nugget that they probably do on their farm a lot that they didn't realize or think about as being a, an unsafe practice? Well, I would say to everyone, we find something. I mean, I would say somebody learns something or takes away something at every event that we've been at. Um, you know, I've been at events uh, where the volunteers have said, well, I, I didn't know that. You know, that's, that was new news to me or... You know, I never even thought about that from a safety standpoint, even the instructors. Um, you know, I, I was uh, talking to one of our instructors uh, at Volunteers at a Safety Day uh, a couple months ago, teaches tractor safety. And they, um, they had, the activity that they had was they had a tractor with a round baler, and they had the kids go around and they had little magnets. And they had the kids just put magnets on all the spots that they felt could be an unsafe place, you know, where something could happen. Right. And there were a number of those spots that kids had put a magnet. They'd walk around and the instructor would say, well, tell me why you believe this is, this is an unsafe place for a kid or for, for an operator. And there were a number of spots that he said, oh, I didn't even think about that. You know, I didn't even think about that aspect because he's around that equipment every day. And now you take somebody who maybe isn't around that equipment or has never been around that equipment, and they say, see things from a whole different light. So we hear that story quite often. You know, the other interesting aspect is when the kids go home. And they start telling their parents about the, the event and what they learned and the activities that they went through. And uh, we've had some of our volunteers and coordinators receive calls afterwards from a parent saying, you know, my kid came home telling me that I'm doing things that aren't safe. You know, help me understand what you taught the kids so that I can, you know, be a little bit more safe and I can be a good role model to them. So, you know, not only do we hope that the, the kids are taking something away, that the presenters take something away, the volunteers do, but that hopefully when those kids go home that they can be role models even to their parents, uh, to get their parents to, to think a little bit more, you know, through their day-to-day -day activities about safety, uh, not only for their kids and the people around them, but also for themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's got to be a big takeaway there. I mean, I do, my kids come home all the time with something like that where they went to the fire station for the day or whatever and they come back with something and I'm like, I never thought of that. That makes perfect sense, you know. So, well, give me give me one more <clears throat> kind of takeaway that if I'm a if I'm a an ag teacher or something like that, or I'm a, a dealership, you know, something like that, and I want to I want to start building this um, and doing something like this. What's kind of where's the path start, and then how do I get how do I go along getting in touch with you guys to make something like that happen? Sure. So as I mentioned before, you know, the, the first step in any of that is to make sure that you have the support of the community that you're going to do this event in. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we can champion as individuals all we want, but, you know, if we really want to hold a good, successful event, it's having, you know, kind of that base behind you to support you so that when you reach out to us and you're ready to, to start planning your event, you have the right team involved to actually make it successful. And that, you know, you've got all the kind of the, the key base volunteers that you need as far as presenters uh, and planners that you need. From the standpoint of reaching out to us, it's actually quite simple. You can go on our website at progressiveag.org um, and uh, you can call us, you can email us, uh, or you can just click on a button out there that says apply now. Um, and that application process is quite simple. Ultimately, it's just um, indicating to us the information of who you are, how we can get in touch with you, 
uh, where you're at as far as geography within uh, North America, and then uh, an estimate of how many kids and how many volunteers you think you'll be able to, uh, to have participate in, in your safety day. As I mentioned, this process starts in a sense of a year in advance of when that safety day will happen. It provides the opportunity for coordinators, those folks on the local level, to plan ahead and be ready for their event to happen, be able to attend the training. But it also provides us the opportunity to identify, like in 2019, how many safety day events are we going to be supporting, as well as how many kids and how many volunteers will that reach. Uh, we need to set our budget accordingly. So that's why all of this kind of starts uh, uh, quite, a few, quite a few months in advance. Um, from the standpoint of, of working with our organization and the resources we provide, so I mentioned we provide training to the coordinator, um, and we'll hold that, those trainings in about 30 different locations across North America. Uh, we hold our trainings between October and February. But again, we're training them on how to hold a safe safety day, all the different activities that are available to them, how to present them, how to reach the kids, how to get the kids engaged and involved. Um, and then as well as how do you just plan for an event? The logistics around planning on you know, the venue and all of those aspects that, that go into holding a really good event. Um, and the other parts that you know, sometimes we don't think about or we don't want to think about. You know, are you ready in case a severe thunderstorm moves in? What are you going to do with 100 kids if that happens? You know, how do you protect all the kids that are there from the standpoint of traffic or strangers or any of those aspects? So it's making sure that the, the event is safe for not only the kids, but for the volunteers as well. Um, our organization also provides every child and volunteer that participates in the Progressive Agriculture Safety Day a t-shirt. Uh, those t-shirts are themed every year. So this, theme, this year we're focused on the theme of Call Before You Dig. Um, but it's always got some type of a safety message. It's a way for us to continue that safety messaging throughout the year as those kids wear those t-shirts to different places beyond our safety day, uh, as well as our opportunity to, uh, to promote the sponsors and the partners that we work with to make uh, you know, those 400 safety days possible. And then another big thing, again, if you've held big events, you might not think about it unless you've held really big events, and that's liability insurance. So Part of our expense and part of what we provide back to the, uh, the volunteers in those local communities is liability coverage for all of their, all the kids who participate as well as all the volunteers on the day of their event. So, you know, we try to take some of the risk and the worry out of the planning stages and really help them so they can focus on, you know, making sure that the kids are there, making sure the kids are engaged during that day. Uh, and that, uh, they go home with safety messages. We'll try to take care of the rest of it. You just take care of the kids and, and the activities. Yeah. yeah. So, what's the average length of, of a safety day? How long? How long would something like that last? Yeah. So most of them uh, last the better part of a day, kind yeah. of a nine to three type of time period. Yeah. Uh, again, it depends on the number of kids. We have safety days um, that are held that you know may only have 20, 30 kids uh, attending. We have safety days that will have well over six, seven hundred kids attending in the course of that day. So, you know, depending on, on the community, depending on the number of kids, they may structure it differently. But normally, you know, an average safety day has about 100 kids. They move through about six to eight different activities in a round-robin fashion um, in small groups. Uh, and they may have a big uh, opening or closing activity. A lot of times that has something to do with the fire department. Uh, the police department, in some cases, will bring out a drug dog. Um, 
We have a lot of uh, progressive egg safety days where they're able to get a, uh, a medical helicopter to come and land on the scene. Um, and they may even do some type of, uh, of a mock scenario, uh, you know, where they rescue somebody and the helicopter comes and picks them up. So, again, it really is varied on uh, what the community wants to do. And uh, they evolve over time. And, you know, we've got everything from safety days that have been a safety day with our organization for 24 years, all 24 years of our existence. And we bring new ones on every year. So, you know, we're always looking to grow. We're always looking to grow in new areas. Um, but uh, as far as, uh, you know, anybody who's ever attended one, we have a number of folks that attend them as volunteers and turn around and say, I've got to get one of these in my community. You know, I will champion this, but the kids in my community need to participate in this and learn some of these good safety messages. All right. Well, Brian, if, if uh, give that contact information one more time to, to the listeners here and, and uh, how they get a hold of you and, and move forward with a possible safety day. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, you can go to our website at progressiveag.org. Uh, and there's a number of ways to contact us uh, through that. Uh, but you can also check us out on social media, both Facebook and Twitter. And our handle on both is PAF Safety Days. PAF Safety Days. And um, again, contact us through that. Follow us through that. And uh, also on our website, there's a listing of where Safety Day events are held across North America. If you're interested um, in attending one, just to see what it's like before you're ready to jump full on into the pool with us. Um, you know, feel free to reach out. We can get you in contact with the coordinator in, in, uh, in that community. And uh, most of these coordinators are all open arms to have new folks come out and learn about the program. And they're willing to help out, too. We have a lot of veterans who are willing to step up and help uh, any of our new uh, interested coordinators to, uh, to really make their, their Progressive Egg Safety Day successful event. Right on. All right, Brian. Well, I appreciate you being on the show and a lot of good information here. And I uh, hope everybody has a good, safe harvest. And um, any last closing thoughts you want to make before we shut stuff down? No, I would say the only thing I would say is to close things up is, you know, every day we just have to keep that safety mindset. And that focus has to stay vigilant throughout, you know, harvest, planting, and even in kind of the slower times of the year. So no matter if you live on a farm or not, make sure that you're aware of the risks that are available. And always keep those kids who, of course, are near and dear to our hearts as parents, but also to, as to a rural community. And we do not want to see any of them get injured or killed. Um, so we just need to be vigilant uh, and keep that safety focus at all times. Right on. Right on. Well, Brian, I appreciate you being on the show. Great message. Uh, best of luck to you guys in this coming year, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, Casey. I appreciate it. Thank you. Moving higher in the 21st century. Hard-working people working hard for you and me Moving higher time and time again Through the years you'll find us here